A legendary name in hardcore supplementation. Iron Mag Labs. 100% original, patent-pending Andro Compound. The most effective, hardcore, groundbreaking, bodybuilding supplements in the world. In the world. Iron Mag Labs. Revolutionizing hardcore supplementation for more than a decade. Visit IronMagLabs.com. IronMagLabs.com. Welcome back to International Iron. I am your host, Jeff Roberts, and I am here with the blonde myth, the giant killer, Lee Priest. What's up, Lee? Living the dream. Living the fucking dream. It's like deja vu, but at least I said I ain't know the signal dropped down and we're just repeating what we already said. Yep. Goddamn <laughs> but you technology. Did, you, did, you, did, you did add um, giant killer in there this time. Yep. That was nice. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I thought about David Henry getting mad about people saying giant killer when he thinks he's the giant killer, so I, I thought I'd throw that is in Dave, there. Is, is, Dave, is Dave Henry doing the 212 at the O? <laughs> yep. This year? Yep, and he's talking a big game, too. He's saying he's going to fucking take them all out. So. I like David Henry, though. He's one of my favorite bodybuilders. He's a, I think yep. he's a cool guy. He's normally always conditions good. So. But last picture I saw, they were comparing Flex Lewis with idea saying you know these two are going to be battling it out so he did yeah yeah maybe it's going to come down come down to the battle of the supplement companies will it <laughs> yeah probably i don't know if i think he day i don't know i think a lot of those guys in the 212 are better than he day i think david henry's better than uh-huh. he day i think jose raymond if he's really really good is better than he day he is good but jose he's is- He's so weak from Jose the back. Jose needs to watch his, watch his blocking as Jose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I before agree. before our signal cut off and you asked me about finding Bigfoot, how yeah. people have heard us talk about the Finding Bigfoot show, and yes, they were down under in the Australian bush looking for, but down here they call it the Yowie. So they're looking for the Yowie, and they were saying how, yes, this is where one would live if one was living down here. So they're out looking for him doing their calls and stuff. So it was interesting, but... What I was saying, I just because I got Netflix and I keep watching all them. I just finished watching season two of Narcos, that Pablo Escobar one. Oh yeah, it was it was good. But I just got into I'm up to almost up to season three now of the one called Longmire. It's about the Wyoming sheriff. It's a pretty good TV series. You're a Netflix Netflix horror, aren't you? Yeah, and Steen. There's another one called Steen that has a lot of stuff on, but. If we were, if we're then actually speaking of movies, have you seen the new Mel Gibson movie, Bloodfather? No, I haven't. It's actually pretty good. It's actually it's a well-written movie and good action, and it's pretty funny written. It's about he's like an ex-con living out there, and he's looking for his daughter, and he finds his daughter, and she's got in trouble with these drug dealers and shit, and they come looking for her, so he has to protect his daughter. So really good action in it. Huh. Really good. Really good. So Yeah, yeah I like Mel Gibson. He's good. I, mean, I reckon this could be one of his better movies, uh, making him on a big comeback. It's got that, like the way it's written, it's got like some funny lines in it, just the way it is, but it's pretty, 
full on. So yeah, I recommend it. Bloodfather. Nice. Did they have that movie over there about the guy who landed the jumbo jet in the river? S- Sally, it just started last week. The new Tom Hanks one. Yeah, same here. The wife yeah. wants to yeah, see that. Yeah, that. that looks pretty good, yeah. I've heard a few people went to see it, and they really liked it. It's interesting, too, because I was watching a bit of the reviews on TV, and they gave it great reviews. But it's interesting because we all see him landing the plane, the only saving all the lives, but that movie actually shows the shit they put him through afterwards, saying, well, you could have turned the plane around. You probably could have got back here to the bloody, you know, airport. Why'd you have to land it on the river and shit? So they reckon they fucking wrecked the poor guy over the coals and shit. Yeah. That's just the way of the... That's just the way the the media does it. It's fucking retarded. It's almost like what they did with Lance Armstrong, just like completely. Yeah, well, uh, it's like it was the media too. It was also had to go against the. He had to go against the commission, I guess, where it is the aviation board, and they were fucking ripping into him and shit too. Why'd you do this? Why'd you do? You know, he's like you know, all these years of flying, he knew what he had to do, and this sort of shit. You're not going to think, oh shit, can we get back to the airport with both engines fucking gone? And then if he had a crash, get into the city. Would have been like, why didn't you land it in the river? You know, <laughs> right? You never win. It's like you see the same way you get it here. You see these crazy guys on fucking drugs out, you know, stabbing people or trying to stab someone. They come at the cops to cop shoot them. The cop gets laid off until they have to go through this big in- inquest and inquiry to see if the police was in the right to having to shoot this dumb fuck that had a knife trying to stab him. <laughs> it's like bloody hell. Yeah. Yes, yeah, completely. It's. A... I'm sure in Sully's situation or police situation, when you got idiots coming at you, you got split seconds to make a fucking decision. You know, not, you can't sit there and go, um, oh, it's easier to sit back later on and go, well, maybe you should have done this, maybe you should have did that. But you know, when you know, things are happening, split second, you got that split second moment to make a call. You got to fucking make it. So it's yeah, it's. Stupid. It's kind of funny that like. They. People truly believe that cops just, like, kill people because they don't care. That's, like, Mm -hmm. fucking stupid. Like, that's fucking stupid. I mean, you think, do you really think, you really believe that a bunch of cops are out there that just shoot people and kill them because they Mm -hmm. don't care? Like, what do you, what, like, that's, like, that's murder. Like, there's not a bunch of fucking Mm -hmm. cops that just murder people. Like, where, what are you talking about? Like, where are these people coming from? Where how are they getting jobs is mass? It's just like it's so stupid. Like I said, I've, I've had friends in the police force over there and even here, and like I said, even get the crazy ones. Like I said, that they're high on drugs and shit. And sometimes you watch some of those videos where I've seen someone full of fucking drugs. They can take five or six bullets, and the fuckers just keep coming from the adrenaline and shit. They don't feel until they finally maybe the police hit a vital organ. But shit, you know, even if they're extreme, they're just trying to taser them, or even if they get them on the ground. They've got six police officers on them putting the fucking knee in here and there. This guy's trying to fight them off. And they're like, oh, this is police brutality. Blah. I was like, well, you fucking do it then. You go over and show us how you put this guy in restraints or handcuffs in a nice way when he's fucking yeah. off his fucking head because head he's fucking high on drugs or whatever the fuck he's on. So, yeah, you go and show us. You know, It's easy for you to sit back and say, oh, he didn't have to put his knee in the back of his neck there or do this or do that or he's bending his arm back too far. That's police brutality. It's like, fuck off. It's like you're... So you get some of these police officers who have been on the force 20 years or more, you're just going to throw their whole career away because they want to beat somebody up or fucking shoot someone and kill them. Yeah, sure, you're going to ban apples and everything, but still, when you're in that situation, and like I said, there's that fight or flight when a police officer's trying to arrest someone and some idiot's trying to swing punches at him and punch him and kick him and shit, sure, you fucking 
your own self-defense mechanism is going to kick in and you're going to try and defend yourself as much as you can. But yet they're like, oh, that was police brutality. You shouldn't have done that. It's like, God, give me a break. <laughs> it's like the bottom line is you don't, you don't fuck with the police. They're the police. Like you can't. You, like, you just don't. Just, say, oh, no. That's what's going to happen. You can't. They have to. They. I have my my wife's entire family basically on one side is uh, all policemen here in uh, Utica and there's like it's pretty nasty here in Utica there's gangs and shit so like not here where I am but in the city the I'm on the outskirts but the city it's nasty and like you you can't you can't just assume that everybody is is just um, bluffing you know what I mean you can't like what do you expect the uh-huh. fucking cops to do you can't you can't fuck with them and push them it's like it's like a tiger that someone has exactly. as a pet. You can't. You know that's a fucking tiger, and that it's going to defend itself if it has to, because that's how it's. That's what it's meant to do. So you can't fuck with it. You have to be careful around yeah, it. I know. It's like, uh-huh. You know. Like I said, if they go out into a drug scene or a car, and they're after someone, okay, who's had a record of drugs or you know firearm possession and all this sort of stuff, weapons and stuff, they're going to be extremely cautious and do whatever it takes. But what gets me is. Okay, people want to argue and do this and do that, but I've always known, even if you're in the fucking right and you've done nothing wrong and the police say, get down, whatever, get down and do as they fucking say, and then mm-hmm. later on, work out that then they'll see that, okay, you've done nothing wrong, but if they're telling you to get down, put your hands behind your back, just fucking do it. Simple as that. And then once they, you know, determine who you are or what's happened and that, if they find out you're innocent, you've done nothing, they'll let you fucking go, but don't stand there going, I've done nothing wrong, you can't do this to me, I ain't going down, then you start fucking fighting, and well, it's going to be fucking on if you try and do that sort of shit, or you try and gesture a certain way, or go to put your hand inside your fucking coat when they've got a gun on you, what do you think they're going to fucking do? So, yeah. you know, if the police say stop, get down, just comply with their demands, and then later on, if you've got a lawyer or whatever, fucking work it out, however, if you've done nothing wrong, that's it, you'll be okay, but no, they've got to be like, I've done nothing wrong. You can't do this to me. And then, heaven forbid, they're a different race. It's because I'm black you're doing this. Now I want to fucking start arguing. It's like, just comply with them and then just go along and just let it sort itself out. If you've done nothing wrong and you're innocent, you'll be let go. Simple as that. But no, yeah, we've got to... That's like half of them these days. want to instigate it. It'd be like someone's got a camera on. They see someone's got a camera. Okay, here's my chance. I'm going to fucking do this and do that. Then when the police start beating me up, I'll get money for the city for, from the city for this shit. Yeah, I feel like the whole thing. I you, I know you had a video on this on um uh, on Sam's Fitness, the whole Black Lives Matter thing, and I think it's like the, oh, yeah. the issue is completely to me. The issue is not white cops that don't that that just kill black people because they don't care. Uh-huh. The issue is the number of like um black people who are impoverished or like you know don't have the opportunities and stuff so you have all these black people who are like being brought up in these environments where they don't have money they don't have the opportunities that the whites have and stuff so like that part is sucks but that's the real problem because automatically that breeds like criminal activity that Mm -hmm. sort of life that they're stuck in sometimes not stuck in but it's hard to get out they don't have the same the same opportunity so like that's the problem so you just it creates like a higher percentage of criminal because of their situation that and so you end up with more police interactions that's just how it works it's not because they're black it's because of their situation they're in 
But it I'm doesn't sure, matter I'm sure if it... They ch- I'm sure if they ch- check too, I'm sure a lot of white people have been shot by police officers. Like that time I mentioned once before, and the Aboriginals here were being hung in jail, and they're like, it's the prison guards, they're giving them socks to hang them, they don't like them, blah, blah, blah. And like I said, there's like 27 Aborigines that hung themselves one year. The same year, there's like over 300 or high 200s white people that hung themselves, but you don't hear about mm-hmm. that, so it just gets shit. With that Black Lives Matter, I've seen like some of the footage we get here from different things that but last time i checked there's a lot of black officers involved in those shootings too it's not just white police officers but it's like they go after officer white police officer oh this is a big story but if a black police officer shoots a black guy well, we won't hear about that on tv will we no it's like we can't really throw the race thing out here and get people all stirred up about it it's like it shouldn't be black lives matter it's all fucking lives matter not just black people all lives matter so it's just stupid yeah and it's it's just kind of like I don't. I don't know. I don't really know what to even make of it. I just don't see where the where the issue is. I mean, you don't have you you don't you have people saying things that are like just completely absurd shit. Like Kai Green made a post about how he got pulled over by a cop, and as a big black man at night, he feared for his life. He's like, "What are you talking about? What do you no? You fucking you fear fear like." And then they'll say, well, you're not black. You don't know what it's like. Like, fuck off. Like, what do you mean? Like, you feared for your life? You thought the cop was going to kill you when he <laughs> pulled you over in your car? Like, no, you did Like, why? What are you thinking? What do you? How does it escalate to that in well, your at least, mind? At least, he's, at, least he's got, at least he's got a car now. He's not walking. Yeah. I, like, I, I just, like, <laughs> I, I heard that. I'm like, how could you think that? You think the cop's going to kill you when he pulls you over? What do you what do you mean? Explain to me how it escalates to that without you well, being like, a complete asshole. In, in, in Australia here, we have like these bikey laws in different parts of Queensland and that. And you can get pulled over. I've had friends who have been up Queensland. That's another state north of here where they have these bikey laws where they can't be wear their colors. Or if they're in a group of three or more, they can get arrested. But I've had friends who just have tattoos. The police pull them over, get them out the car, make them remove their shirts, take photos of them, say, what bike club are you with? And look. We're not with any bike club and stuff, but that's how they just pick people out like that. So I could be like, well, I was speed for my life when the police put the Raptor squad pulled me over and treated me like I was a bad bikey because I got tattoos on my face and arms and shit and blah, blah, blah. But once they do a check and run a check, if you've done nothing wrong, okay, see you later. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Crazy. I mean, even if, the, let's say a white cop pulled Kai Green over and the cop is like racist, right? He's still not going to kill oh. Kai Green. It's fucking ridiculous to think that. The chances of uh-huh. him killing Kai, it's like it's like you have less of a chance of getting getting uh, uh, killed by a shark than that. It's like so stupid where you're going to... Well, just do what everyone does. Just have one of those fucking... Every, a lot of cars get them now. What's those little cameras you can have in your car that record yeah. everything? Have, have one live in your fucking car. That way, okay, everything's being recorded. The police have them in their cars. I know they do in Australia, so... It's not like the police can really do anything. He's not going to fucking, okay, I've got to drag you right down here behind the car where there's no camera on us. So that's just silly. And then, like I said, to be worried about, oh, I got pulled over and I was scared of the police. He was going to kill me. I was like, but wait a minute. When we look at Kai Green's story, the area he grew up on, the streets and in his bad area, he should have been more scared of fucking walking to the train station than being pulled over by a fucking yeah, police officer. Yeah, he still should sake. be. <laughs> Exactly. It's like shit. Like worst case scenario, that guy's a racist prick, 
and he mm-hmm. takes you in, makes you maybe maybe makes you go downtown, maybe kind of like grabs you by the arm harder than he should or something. That's it. That's the worst thing that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna kill you. What do you like? How do you? How do, I don't understand how in Kai's mind mm-hmm. he could possibly come to the conclusion that he might die at this moment. Like it's insane. I've had some asshole mm-hmm. cops deal with me, and it was never. I was never afraid yeah. at all. Afraid of anything. I wasn't. A, there's just another human being standing there. Trust me, I've had in Australia. I've had tons of my friends. Pretty much, like I said, we don't have a huge black population. You had the Aborigines and stuff, but pretty much all my friends are white. And it's like they get put over at a time. And like you said, just being them normal people. Sometimes the police are like, hey, you're right off you go. They get a warning. But the odd occasion on the highway patrol, people, you get the fucking asshole who's not yep. even racist, or he could be, but. He's just got a fucking attitude, and he just fucking hates everyone. He's going to pick you apart on any little fucking thing you do or say or any little defect on your car. He just doesn't give a fuck because he's just that fucking copper with an attitude. He's got the badge on, and so he's going to stand over you, and you've got to comply to whatever he says. He pretty much wants you to say, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you. They're just just the type of people that want you to pretty much know their boss, and they're in charge, and you do as they fucking say. Simple as that. And it's really not that hard just to do that, you know. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can you can sure, say that like for me, it's like I gotta I gotta bite my tongue because I'm the type of person where I'm, I'm thinking, well, fuck, I've done nothing wrong. I'm in the right, and you're trying to fucking do this, and I'm like, oh, okay, yes, sir. It's like that time. I'm not sure I told you a story, but when I was in Venice, I had a nice Lotus Esprit red sports car. Get to the big roundabout near the post office. I stopped because he's fucking. Looked like Scooby-Doo fucking hippie van was going around. I stopped and looked and I thought, what the fuck is that thing? Bright colored thing like John Lennon-type vehicle was driving. <laughs> I get, then it goes past, so I go around the roundabout. Woo, I get lit up. This fucking woman gets out, look like her and a partner, look like fucking lovers, lesbians, but i got nothing <laughs> against them, so that before people say I hate lesbians, I've got no problem with them, but they just see that like, attitude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she walks over to the car, and she goes, you know why I pulled you over? I'm like, no. She goes, you didn't stop at that roundabout. I said, yes, I did. She goes, I said you didn't stop at that roundabout. I said, I did stop at that roundabout because if I didn't, I would have hit that ugly coloured combi van that just drove around the sort of thing. She goes, listen, you did Yeah, so we go, we go back and forth about this. She's saying I didn't stop. I'm like, I did stop. She goes, well, this is how it's going to be. You didn't stop right. If you agree with me, I won't give you a ticket that you didn't stop. So in my mind, I'm thinking... This is a trick, isn't it? If I say, you okay, I didn't stop, she's going to give me a ticket anyway. So I'm sitting there, I might my tongue, and I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't stop. She's like, see, I knew it. And then she goes, oh, by the way, nice car. And she fucking left. I'm thinking, what a fucking asshole. Because like I said, I could have argued and got all shitty about it, all the good shit done, she would have given me a ticket anyway. And then probably would have looked at the car and said, well, this is a defect here, I don't like that, I don't like this. So then they can just find all your windows, it's too dark. There's another fucking defect for that, so... You know, it's just best to, like I said, even if you know you've done nothing wrong, just fucking comply with the police officers. It's like, sometimes you've got to swallow your pride, and like I said, I hate being told, you know, if you've done nothing wrong that you did, so I'm like, oh, okay. But, you know, those type of people, I guess, you know, there's so many good police officers out there, you know, the bad ones, anything, the bad ones that ruin it for anything, in any walk of life, bodybuilding, any sport, any fucking job, you know, the fucking asshole boss, or, you know, the good boss, so... Like I said, I've met so many police officers that aren't nice to even some over I am and they're just good and stuff. But, you know, I've had ones that are pulled down. I said, okay, you're right, off you go. That's sort of thing, you get put over a breast test or something like that for alcohol. They let you that. But like I said, you're going to be an asshole towards them and give them attitude. You know, they're not the people who give attitude too because they'll let you know they've got the fucking power. <laughs> yeah. 
it's just uh, uh, like a lack of respect. People, I don't think people understand what a what a what a police officer's day can be like. You know, like you're basically uh-huh. dealing with scumbags and drunks and fucking drug dealers, and you're you're enforcing the law. It's like you're dealing uh-huh. with fucking bullshit all day long, and then you come across somebody who's not not um, cooperating with you and being a complete asshole and acting like threatening. You're not gonna, you're not gonna like uh-huh. be all. You're not gonna be all um, soft with them and understanding and shit. It's not how. It, it's not uh-huh. how. I think. I think all like all citizens should have to go on a citizens ride along. To see what being uh, a cop well, is I like. Did, I used to, I used to, I used to go, go on a few of them. I remember, like I said, when I was young, you know, I used to do bad shit, and the police would come along, and you're like, oh, hello, and you'd be real nice, and they'd ask you a question, yes, sir, no, sir, and then when they walked off, okay, you might, you might go back to being a fucking bad kid again and breaking the law when they're not watching, but whenever they come along, they're like, yes, sir, no, sir, but basically, you go and ride along, just go and ride along, then if my sheriff ends up in Palmdale, Lancaster, and shit, we'd go past young kids on the corner, and if we go past them, Just like, come on. If you, if you think you can do a better job and you hate the police that are out there, 
go fucking join up. Try go to the police academy. Try get in and become a police officer and do their job the way you want it done. If you know, instead of complaining about it, go out and fucking join the police academy. Get on the force and then see how you go. I mean, like if you have a if you have a cop who is acting rough with a, with somebody, how do you know that that cop didn't two hours ago watch his partner get stabbed by somebody in the same situation? How do you know that it's not mm-hmm. what he? What do you expect him to do? Like it's just it's just. Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, like you said, we, we see some of those videos where you see a police getting rough and throwing a guy in the hood of the car and everything. Like, oh, police brutality, but you didn't see the other bit of footage where the guy's fucking kicking the cop, knocked the cop down, giving the cop a few punches and shit, and then the cops got like up and ran and grabbed him, and all you see is a bit where the cop grabs him and slams him on a fucking car and hits him and puts his handcuffs on. You know, there's a whole two sides to every fucking story half the time. That like you said. Here in Australia, we had a thing the other day, or two weeks ago, in a police cell, showed these four police officers coming in, get this young kid, calmly as anything, pick him up off the bed, he just stood up, they put his arms behind his back, and then they put this spit mask on him, you know, it's like a, it almost looks like an animal, like the tight mask. Yeah. But yeah, before, before them, people are, this is disgusting, but, but if you're 17 or 16 in Queensland, you get treated as an adult. The thing was, this guy being yelling and abused at him, spitting at him, trying to hit him and shit. So the police just, it shows the video, they just calmly walk in the cell and put this thing on his face so he can't spit at him anymore. People are like, oh, this is just barbaric. This is, and there's someone, one doctor saying, this is just terrible. This is like Hannibal Lecter to treat a person like this. I'm thinking, what the fuck? They didn't even do anything. They calmly walk in, it shows the video, and they're starting to stand up. He stood up, they put the mask on, putting a mask on someone, what are we, animals? I'm thinking, yeah, the cunt's going to keep spitting at you. You don't know what germs and diseases the fuck has got. I put a yeah, mask on. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like no, <laughs> we, we're not animals, but that fucking kid is. You know, that's exactly. how I, like, yeah, no, that's the fucking, that's a funny person. He's got a criminal record, yeah. 17, he's been arrested so many times, and I just like that, um, what's his name from, when I lived in Austin, I'm not Austin, I'm Arizona, that sheriff of the buyer, whatever his name is, and, uh, and he treats him like he puts him out in tents, out in the desert, makes him live in tents, and there's a big documentary on a sheriff of papaya or papaya or something. I don't know, I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, like, he, he puts them in the old prison colours and makes them work on the road, gangs and shit, and he had them out in big tents behind the fences. People are like, why He goes, well, look, if it's good enough for our military people to go live in tents over there overseas, he goes, these dirtbags can live in tents, and he's walking his dog around the perimeter, and one guy comes up to the fence, He's like, oh, yeah, he treats us bad. He's like, yeah, you say that, don't you? Do you know how much it costs, I feed, costs to feed my dog every day? And the crew's like, oh, no. He's like, about $4.65. Like, do you know how much I spend on you? Two dollars. <laughs> but the thing is, this one guy's got off and saying, yeah, he treats us like animals. And this one guy's interviewing this prison like, you know, he's got handcuffs. He treats us like animals. My man, the sheriff, looks at me and goes, yeah, what about that girl you stabbed? How did you treat her, huh? You're the bloody animal. He has so many deference against him and stuff, but he's just fucking straight to the point. He doesn't give a fuck. Right, yeah. But that's the thing, too. You get these ones. I've seen those documentaries. I treat us like animals in here. I'm thinking, shit, you got TV, you got meals, you're doing doing that. But yet, what are you in there for again? Oh, that's right. You killed a few people. You you raped some women, then you stabbed them or strangled them. But yet, you're complaining about your rights being violated and you're being treated like an animal. I'm sorry, but I've got the impression... Same here in Australia. If you rape someone, brutally beat them up, and you murder someone, and you're in jail for life, I'm sorry, you don't have any rights anymore. You're lucky to be fucking 
having a bed of roof overhead in jail, watching TV, getting meals. This person's family's life's ruined. The friends are ruined. That sort of shit. She's dead. She's got no more life. But yet you're worried about your life being upset. Particularly like lawyers that come out saying, oh, these prisoners are being treated bad. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck if you're being treated bad. If you're fucking brutally murder someone or rape people and shit, you're still lucky to be there. So, you know what? Tough fucking luck if you're being treated bad in jail. Fucking poor you compared to that woman you stabbed fucking 20, 30 times and raped her repeatedly. Oh, poor fucking you now that the guards are treating you bad. Tough luck, dickhead. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think... My idea for, like, rapists and, and murderers and those types of people who are, like, lifers with no with no hope of getting out, I think we should take those people, instead of spending the money on the jail and stuff, we should take them and drop, we should take them and put them all on a plane, like, systematically, maybe, like, once a month, put them on a plane and drop them in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, just with nothing, just, like... With, like, maybe a shitty shirt on them. Just drop them in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and let them fucking, like, just float to death. And get eaten by fucking sharks and shit. Because, first of all, that's way worse than the, that's way worse than the, the death penalty. And if, you, if they make it back, if somehow they float their way back to fucking wherever, then they can fucking, they can go free. But they won't. They're gonna, they're gonna fucking die and bake in the sun while they float in the fucking ocean. I'll put them on a... Put them on an island like that Ray Liotta movie, No Escape. Yeah. Put them on an island and they can all fucking just kill each other. Or drop them in the middle of fucking Syria with fucking machine gun, American uniform, and say, there you go. Work your way out of here. Fight or die. But yeah, I it's like anything. Like, what would you do if somebody... That's how it should be. What would you do if somebody was in your house and they, like, fucking killed your cat? You're going to kick them the fuck out of your house. Like, get them the fuck out of here. Like, we don't, why would you, what are you gonna, you're, are you gonna, what do you, if someone kills your cat in your house, are you gonna, like, put them in the closet and not let them out and feed them three times a day and just keep them in the oh, closet and spend had, money we've on had them? So many, we've had so many people here that have been in jail for murder, blah, 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 and get out, and they just fucking reoffend. We had this one guy, McManus, he held a Lint Cafe, a chocolate shop, coffee shop here, two years ago or so, last year, held people in there holding up the ISIS flag, but this guy had already been in trouble with the law. Tying himself to courthouses, going on about ISIS and bloody this and that and that things. And then he, his girlfriend at the time is in jail because he and her planned and killed his fucking ex-wife, stabbed her and burnt her. And then he's like also like convicted of the crime, but yet he was out on bail. And then he goes and fucking holds his fucking cafe hostage, fucking shoots one guy in the head, end up killing him. But yet the guy should never been out on the fucking street to begin with. Right. It's like then this other woman got killed two years ago, raped and murdered. The guy who did that, he'd been in jail a few times for raping women. This and that. Another guy should never be made out. As soon as he gets out, he fucking does it again. To me, it's like if you're in jail for life or you're on death row, while you're on death row, you've got a choice. I think I mentioned it before. We're going to give you the fucking gas chamber, the chair or the fucking needle, but you've got a choice to redeem yourself just a little bit. Like I said, if you've got cancer and all these other things, rather than use animals, because I hate seeing animals being tested on, we're going to test it on you. You're a fucking human. The drugs are going to work best in you. This is when the lawyers come out and say, oh, that's inhumane. You can't do that. Bullshit. He's in here for life for murdering people or raping people. He's got no fucking rights anymore. But this way he can help society because if he's got cancer or some sort of disease, rather than test it on rats and this shit, we're going to test it on him so we actually know how this drug works in a human 
what's the worst that can happen? The drug kills him. It's a perfect system. It's a perfect system anyway. Yeah. Exactly. If it doesn't doesn't kill him, and if he's he's a murderer, exactly. If he's a murderer, and you and you test on him, and 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 it can save somebody else. It like almost in a way it makes up for it. It's like a it's a perfect system. If he's got some sort of disease or fucking cancer, and the drug does cure it. Okay, then he can live his rest of his life out in fucking trouble. But at least he's contributed now. We know this drug that worked on him can save hundreds of lives. So right. it's a win-win. But fuck, but yet these people saying you can't test on humans. They're like, oh, fuck off. It's like, yeah, he, what he did. Like I said, okay, what are we going to do? He's got this cancer disease or whatever he has. We're going to put him in the gas chamber and kill him. He's done nothing. This way, we can test on him. If kills him, okay, he dies. He's going to die anyway, so big deal. Right. If it doesn't kill him and the disease is cured, okay, now we've got a cure. Rather than test on monkeys or rats and all this other shit, oh, they're close to humans. Here we actually have humans who are going to fucking do it all. Better still, you don't just say they're going to do it. Let them fucking volunteer. You have the choice. You're on death row. Here's your choice. Give your body the science so we can, you know, use these drugs and test them on you. If the drugs work and you're cured, okay, you can live here. If not, and the drugs don't work well, you're going to die anyway. So the prisoners would probably enjoy it. Okay. The prisoners would probably exactly. enjoy it. It's something to do. It's like something else to fucking do. They'd probably, unless it was mm-hmm. a, unless it was some, like, uh, radiation or something that made you feel like complete horse shit. But it, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. But a lot of it, they'd probably enjoy taking the drugs and trying them out. It's It's like a... A break from the monotony uh-huh. of being in prison your whole life. And if you, and if you, like I said, if you've got some things, like I said, there's a lot of guys in jail have cancer, bowel cancer, or all different types of illnesses. And if you think, okay, well, this is where I can turn my life around. I found God in here. I'll find God. Let me try to do something good for the world, society. These drugs work, and they can save people. I'm all for it. But if what's the worst that can happen, and they kill me, well, I'm on death row anyway, so I'm going to die. So at least I can, at least I'm doing something fucking positive for you know the crimes I. Fucking did to get in here, so that's right. what I think should happen anyway. But. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But anyways, enough of that crap. Fucking half hour on cops and fucking jail. <laughs> cops and robbers. <laughs> Especially when the the Olympia is uh, what three days away, four days away. Well, let's just say cops, cops and robbers. You can't have fucking cowboys and Indians anymore because that's not PC. Right. <laughs> cowboys and Indians. Yeah. That was a fair fight. Um, <laughs> but uh, are, you, uh, are you about to leave for Vegas soon? Oh yeah, yeah. I got my fucking a private jet waiting for me as we speak. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking before we did the show, I was sitting there watching some Olympia stuff, trying, getting in the mood, and I was like thinking, what if you were to go to the Olympia Expo and just like hang out there? What do you think they would do? Like, what if you were, like, just stood in the corner and got, like, this massive line of people? Because you probably would. You know, you'd probably uh-huh. get, like, a huge line of people and you could sign autographs and shit. <coughs> if they were bringing you oh, stuff just, just to sign. Just people. Right. Cause, so if you're not selling anything, you didn't bring anything for them to sign, they're, they're giving stuff for you to sign, taking pictures. Like, I wonder what they would do. Like, that would be fucking hilarious. They, they couldn't, couldn't really do anything. I'm just like anybody else. Right. So you fucking get out. If I paid to go in there, they can hate me all they want. I'm sure I'd get looks, and people would probably have a fucking, you know, have their say and go on. Like It'd be the talk of the weekend. Dickheads, but It'd be the exactly. topic of the whole weekend of all the media and shit we talk. We talk. Well, 
It depends. I don't know if like MD is a little PC. They might not even bring your name up, but it's all RX would probably talk about. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, oh, just be there having fun. But like I said, the fans would be around. Just I'd be like, oh shit, he's got fans. So what are they going to do? Drag you out while fans are trying to take photos with you? <laughs> Get him out of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That would be like, totally yeah, against great, the law. That'd make a great. A good fucking YouTube clip, me being dragged out. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh man! So speaking sure of going to come, come drag me out. I'd like to see that. And speaking of the Olympia, what was your as an Olympia competitor? How many Olympias did you compete in? Seven. Oh, I can't even remember. Probably six or seven. Six, yeah, until I got six of the contract. I went half after the contract. I'll just do the Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Kai Green. Yeah. Yeah, we've been a couple of you. Yeah, they were. Like I said, Olympia, yeah, it's a good show. It's meant to be a Super Bowl, but like I said before, it's a fucking toilet bowl, the bodybuilding shows. The Arnold Classic's much better. Tony Doherty's shows in Australia are much better. It's like I said, said on one of Sam's fitness videos, if you want to do a good show, I always recommend doing Tony Doherty's Australia and Arnold Classic now. Any show that Tony Doherty's got because, you know, this is me praising Life UV show and Tony's a promoter because he actually puts on a great show from the moment the overseas competitors get here. They're picked up, they're greeted, they're taken to the gym. The place they stay is cooking facilities at the gym. They'll prepare your meals for you. You've got a great place to train. Like Tony goes above and beyond of looking after competitors from the moment you arrive to when you leave. Even when you're eating, get people work doing seminars, I guess, posing to shows and stuff like that. So I've always said if anyone competitor from America or any country wants to do a well-put-on pro show and be treated like a professional, I'd always, and, and have always said from the first time I did it, I'd always say, do one of Tony Doherty shows, and that's no lie. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you what your, uh, what your favorite pro show to compete in was, and I guess the answer would be the Arnold Australia. Yeah, well, that was the Australian pro show. It wasn't called the Arnold, but yeah. That was great, but even the Ironman Pro Show was well put on when it used to be put on in California, and the Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio, it's always well put on. Yes, sure, it has its bits here and there, but yet it's always put on great, you know, great accommodation, great picking up from the airport, taking you to where you've got to go and stuff like that. Just to me, it's just like the, the Olympias just seem more about the Olympian name and just the show being out there and... You competitors are just there to make a money. For a show that's meant to be hyped as the greatest bodybuilding show out there and the Super Bowl of bodybuilding, you're treated probably the worst. You're just treated like a commodity, get out here and do as you're told, make us money, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it just didn't have the feel of being the greatest show, whereas the Arnold, you're treated much better. The Australian shows with Tony put on, you're treated way, way better. And some of the smaller pro shows where... The promoters will actually go, like I remember the San Francisco that Giorgio put on. Remember Giorgio to bring that show? Now, now he's on fucking the Alien show on TV and all that sort of stuff, Ancient Aliens and stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, he went, his, he went out of his way to treat the competitors well and make sure you were taken care of and looked after. So things like that make a huge difference. So for you really to call yourself the best show out there and you were treated the worst, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what is your... Um... <laughs> Of the six or seven, whatever it was, Olympias you did, which one is most memorable to you and why? Uh, I think it could have been the first one because that was Dorian's last to be on stage with Dorian and stuff like that. But I think just being on the Olympia stage because it was like all the guys. Like I said, you know, I've been a pro for a couple of years. It's still just 
Okay, so I probably should have been on the Olympia stage '95, but I was suspended that year for not doing that show. So that was meant to be my first Olympia '95, but it was '97 I did it. So I think it's just being up there on the stage with all the people up there and that sort of thing. So, huh. Yeah, but how I enjoyed it. Like I said, once I was there, to me, it was to me more about I love the expo, just meeting the fans and the fans coming from all over the world. That to me was the best part. The competing side, just due, due to the politics involved in the Olympia and all that sort of shit, was like, okay, I go on stage. So being on stage, hearing the crowd and that sort of thing was the best part. The placings, I couldn't give a shit about. And like when people ask me, hey, how are you going to do it? I thought it was just, if I make top 10, I'm happy. If I get 10th, I'm happy because back then you've got top 10 that qualified you for next year. So, yeah, that little bit of extra stress off if you competed in pro shows throughout the year having to qualify because you knew you qualified for the Olympia. So, as I said, you know, if I got 10th in the top 10, I'm happy. If I get 9th, 8th, 7th, 6th, to me that's an extra bonus. So, you know? Yeah. Did you, uh, in 97, did you get to stand directly next to Dorian Yates at all? Yep. I'll drop beside him. What was that like? Were you, uh, yeah. that must have been intimidating as, I mean, you were a kid and it, like, were you intimidated? For him, for him, it was. He felt the intimidation. He's like, this guy's got a small waist. I gotta keep moving away from him. So, in the beginning, we were standing right next to each other, but then as the prejudging went on, he kept moving away. So, he was a bit away from it. I didn't even really think about it because I was just happy to be there on the Olympia stage when I'm flying over for that one to come see me at my first Olympia. So, I was just happy to be on the stage next to Dorian. The good thing was, though, being from Australia, if you watch those clips of me at the 97 Olympia, all his fans were cheering for me as well. So all those loud horns and those big ear horns, and all that sort of noise, they were cheering for me just as much. So I was happy. So even people said I should have maybe placed higher. Well, that's when I got the fifth and then got shafted down to sixth after the show. So, yeah. Yeah. How about um, 1998? Actually, I think that's it. In at the... Madison Square Garden. Yeah, did you have any interaction with, um, or did you see anything? I've always wanted to ask you this, but I never have. When when Flex Wheeler was announced second, he was really upset and everything. Uh-huh. Did you see, um, do you have any, like, inside scoop on anything that happened? Did you see him do anything? Or, like, what was he like backstage after and shit like that? Or do, do you not really, really see? I didn't really see him because that year I thought I was looking really good and hard. If you look at the photos. And that's when I was told that by one of the judges, Bev Francis, actually told me, Lee, next year you want a police fire, you've got to come in harder. I'm like, yeah, okay, go on that fucking rigor mortis. I'll come in rigor mortis next year, you fucking idiots. <laughs> I was like, come on. I was, I was one of the hardest up there, so thank you. Actually, but the funny well, thing for, was, for, not for nothing, the like, the fucking, Ronnie Coleman won. I mean, like, not... It, uh-huh. You're not gonna look. You're not gonna be lean like Ronnie Coleman. Nobody in the nobody's lean like Ronnie Coleman. No, but not, not that year. That's yeah, no fucking way. Away. Yeah. The thing was, he was, wasn't, wasn't looking that lean a bit before that night show because you have to remember this was the year they first were doing the drug testing at the Olympia, so they were testing for diuretics and everything. So no one was. Everyone was like, I remember I think Flex and I were taking the ladies' water pills, you know, to, for when they have a period and shit like that right, because right. when we pee at we.
we're almost set to go. Fucking Ronnie disappears back up to the room with Chad, and then this and that. I remember Flex, I sent you Flex not understanding, and well, shit, what's he going to do now? I remember that was going on because people were like, well, where's fucking Ronnie going? What's he doing now? So, you know, Ronnie wasn't looking that hard that morning, then all of a sudden, boom. So, once people found out different things weren't going to be tested for, and this was happening and that was happening, some people disappeared pretty quick, and God knows what they did. They did like different, um, you know, different um, stuff. Maybe went and took some different diuretics, or you know. So let's just say shit went down once they once they knew some different things wasn't happening. So yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. And uh, I thought, I thought you were just like kind of. At that show, you were very, like, big. I, 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 was, about, people, yeah, I was about 218 pounds there, so... People don't realize, you know? if you go back and look at... Uh, when you, they compare you to, like, Chris Cormier, Flex Wheeler, uh, who else? Sean. Like, you are... Uh, yeah, Sean, Sean, yeah, Sean, I think, was that Sean Ray's last one? No, no, he competed in 2000... <laughs> He competed, I think his last one was 2001 or 2002. Uh-huh. He competed for a while, but, uh, it's, it's, you make, you make reference to it on one of your videos, how you're doing forearms and you talk about how it's pathetic that guys that are six foot tall have the same measurements as a guy who's five, four and a half. And, uh, uh-huh. it's, it's actually very true. Cause if you look at, if you, if you watch the videos of Lee standing next to these guys who are five, eight to five, eleven. It does look like if you got a tape measure out there, Lee would have bigger legs and bigger arms than them, even though he was you, know, you were five foot five. Well, so I mean, I think I like Paul Dutton or Paul Dutton if you're Paul Dutton and Paul McCarthy goes, I'm glad that he's not six foot six because he goes pound for pound, but he's one of the fucking biggest guys on stage. He's not the biggest, and they say for every inch of height, you have 10 pounds of muscle. Paul Dutton's like, if Lee was my height, he goes, I wouldn't fucking make a big yeah, exactly. It's true. That's a, there's a cool video. It's actually called Kevin. If you YouTube Kevin Lavrone, 1998 Mr. Olympia, and click on it, it's uh, it's actually a video of all the, like the the main callouts, like <clears throat> set to music, and it looks uh, it it's. I think, it's I think there's one. I think I've seen some pictures. There's a couple of callouts of me, Kevin, and Sean Ray, and that's sort of been standing side yeah. by side with a couple of them. You had a flat top. That's the thing. That's the that's yeah. That's the thing too, because those shows. This is where people always would wonder because I'd be in. You always had the first call out, but then pretty much from the second, third call out on, there I was. It was just me, Kevin, Sean, myself. And then it'd be like me, Ronnie. Pretty much whoever was in the top six, I was always being compared to him. And then come the night show, Lee safe play something. How the fuck that happened? Yeah, that is strange. It, yeah, the call outs look like you're gonna be fifth maybe, but um or at least maybe six six at the lowest you think right. uh, crack top sixty, but then right. okay, what happened there? It's funny when you watch that too. How Flex Wheeler acts on stage? He's like very, very animated. Like he'll take a uh-huh. step towards the crowd and wait for Ronnie to hit his back double by. Like look at it for a couple uh-huh. seconds and then step back on the line and do his like stuff like that. He did all the time. Well, that, well, that, well, that year, 
Ronnie's backed up a buy in his glutes and shit. I wouldn't be waiting. I'd be getting mine done pretty quick and yeah. moving away from him. He's probably doing that, like trying to be like cocky and confident. He's probably looking at that thinking, oh, my God, oh. what the hell is going on? But yeah, the thing is, too, I think that's the, that's the year Flex tried to – that's when he started the, with the size game. And Flex, like if Flex had to come in at his, like he was at the Arnold when he was 218, that sort of thing where he just shredded the bone, he probably could have pushed on in his shape and that the winner. But when Ronnie comes in rip like that and you're coming in fuller, but yet when you stand there, sure, you've got the beautiful symmetry and round muscles, but yet you look a little bit fluidy. There's no way you're going to fucking beat Ronnie looking like that. Imagine if that flex wheeler dropped six pounds and went into the two twelve. That ninety three flex wheeler. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Good luck, uh, good luck, guys. Flex wheeler was really a freak. Exactly. People, like, people, I think people are, are for, soon forgetting what kind of how how amazing he really was. He was like, especially in his younger years. Especially, oh yeah, when he's like I said, when he's coming up there and he had that tiny waist and. Final countdown song and that sort of thing, and then 
one in the early 80s, it was, um, I think it was the Miff's last pose where he was on stage and he was holding his son. But it doesn't matter, fifth, sixth, eighth, I've always been a Miff and he's holding his baby up there on stage room and stuff. So I think some of those with Tom Platt posing the ride like the wind and Bob Bird's song going back to there. And there was um, John Nakashak and Joseph Wilcox, the guy from Germany that had the beer. I fucking love some of those other beers. I think that was some of the best in that. So conditioning-wise on people, Bird or Fox was in them. So yeah, I like watching some of those ones. Or Lee Haney's last one and Dorian's first one where I was in Florida where they had the stage that turned around. And Haney come back that year looking fucking incredible for that show. And yeah, I, think, I think those are the beers I think I like more than all the ones that are out there. Yeah. There's, you bring up Lee Haney. This is a good question. Um, where do, do you think Lee Haney, because he retired at 31 years old, do you think if he had mm-hmm. like kept his nose to the grindstone and battled with Dorian, he could have beat Dorian several more years? Do you think that Dorian would have been too much? Yeah, I think he could have, because like I said, Lee Haney was the best, and it's like an all-down argument. But I think, yeah, of course... Lee Haney was the best back then. You can sort of become complacent where, okay, LeBron and all these guys are great, but you just know you were that good. But I think if he had to battle Dorian, I think you would up his training, up whatever he had to do to keep coming in. And like I said, when Dorian got second that year, then the following year he was a freak. You know, if Lee Haney came back, he would have probably came back freaky because the year before, the year before that, Haney was a bit off when they were doing whatever. Then I remember from that year to that last year in Florida when that stage turned around and he was just standing in that relaxed pose, you're like, holy fuck, you know, it's like, yeah. look at him. So he would have upped his game, like I said, with his shape and that it would have been a tough battle for him and Dorian. So, but, yeah, I think he could have done it. It's too bad. I actually wrote an article about this the other day and it's too bad that he didn't stay in the game because usually bodybuilders peak at, you know, mid to late 30s. So, had he had to battle Dorian and he really dropped the hammer and tried to take his physique to the next level, because I mean, who knows? We could we could have saw a two hundred and seventy pound shredded uh, Lee Haney, you know, by uh, by like nineteen ninety five. You never know. I'm sure it could have done because what's his name had similar shape back in the day. Remember, uh, never coming super shredded. Remember in the WBF, Johnny Morant. Oh yeah, yep. Massive guy, massive arms, chest, back. Similar to Haney, just never came in super straight. But he had massive legs and everything. I mean, people don't know him, but look up Johnny Morant, and there's a guy that was massive all over and should have done a lot better than what he did. And then yeah. he went to the WBF, and pretty much after that, that was it. Right. Have you seen the new uh, any of the new Kevin drama coming coming out? No, I haven't seen. The last picture I saw of him was doing that most muscular of his, a photograph of him. He looked pretty good. There's a new uh, back lat spread. Have you seen that? No. <coughs> he hasn't showed the wheels yet. Has he? He's still on the ropes, aren't they? Yeah, he hasn't shown them yet. But I'm going to send you the picture of his back lat spread. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking it's probably a thing where people are like, oh, his legs must be down, they're down this and down, so he's not showing them. I'm thinking it could be the opposite. He might come on stage and his legs might be like, holy fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you yeah, think that's so possible? Some good time off yeah, it could be, because I'm thinking, you know, he's like, if they couldn't be that bad that he wouldn't show them, so maybe that's one of those things you keep them under wraps because they might be somewhat better than we're expecting. That's true. I hope that's the case, because, I mean, 
His upper body really does look um, pretty impressive. I, I, I didn't think he would mm-hmm. come this far. I really didn't. But, man, what a... Yeah, that, most, that, that, most, that most muscular of his where he does the hands clasped in front. Yeah, yeah, his chest looks great. His arms look great. Shoulders, everything. So, you know. I just sent you the picture of the back lat. He's still on that fucking tank top that he refuses to take off, but he's doing a back lat spread. <laughs> and, um, it's not the greatest photo, but, man, his arms look huge. Rear delts are popping. Tiny waist. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the triceps are uh, in it. I like the guy with the glasses watching. He's not taking a photo. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, like I said, he's doing doing that there with his, like I said, his waist looks nice and small. So he's pulling the Lee Priest fucking hand trick, isn't he? Yeah, pulling it around. Good on you, Kev. (laughs) But uh, I think what's what's that? What's that? What's that verse? Luke one, chapter thirty-seven. What's that? I don't know. I don't know. Have to look it up. And then he came. He rose again. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he. Uh, there was so, a thing yeah. where fucking Sean Ray actually sent Kevin uh, after those videos of his most muscular in the back double came out. He, Sean sent Kevin uh, photos of Dexter and Phil's back and just said like, "It's all over with" or something like that, like bashing him. Being oh, yeah, I heard, um, I listened to one of Greg Valentino's thing where he was going on about Sean's comment. Like, Sean's fucking bitched about me when I made a comeback. He bitches about everyone. Instead of just bitching about everyone, Sean, you're, you're not that old, you're younger than Kevin, make a fucking comeback or shut the fuck up. He's just so fucking negative names to you. It's like, oh, I can't do it, no one can, I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. Let me bring up, well, how many Olympians did Lee do? He never beat me, I'm the better bodybuilder, blah, 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 fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that's short, right? It's like you know, if you, if you can't do it, no one can. And on this, let me talk about me, my heyday, blah blah. blah. Well, I made a comeback, won the universe. Kevin's making a comeback, and looking by the photos, he could probably make top six. What have you done, Sean, lately? Fucking nothing. About apart from go to your fucking daughter's dance rehearsals, whatever they fucking are, and that sort of shit, and then bitch about everybody else, and go on and carry on and travel the world, fucking doing what you do, fucking. Being a hypocrite, preaching about God, but being an asshole, so, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, That's Sean Ray for you. he said that, um, back in an old MD article, not old, but probably a year, well, a few years old, he said that they were all asked, it was Dorian, Kevin, Flex, and Sean, when they were all working for Steve, they asked, would you, how, would you beat Phil Heath at your best, at Phil Heath's best? And Sean's like, Goes on and on about how he would beat Phil Heath if they're both of their best. It's like you fucking delusional. Like, there's no way the 2000, the 2011 or the 2013 Phil Heath would ever lose to Sean Ray. I mean, Sean Ray was great, but come on now. Mm-hmm. Fucking. I think, I think one of Sean's best Olympians was probably 96 was one of his best conditions and stuff. Yep. So. But the show was like, 205 but like, yeah. or whatever. But and the, fucking... And exactly. Like, to, me, to me, it's like almost... Uh, Sean's Serratus and Weiss was a bit smaller. But really, when you look at a lot of their poses, feels just like a bigger version of Sean. Right, exactly. There's a lot of, similar, a lot of similarities in their body type. So if he's pretty much like Sean's, say, identical twin almost, but the bigger version, there's no way he's going to beat his fucking almost identical bigger version twin. <laughs> like Phil's back just hangs off of his his torso and shit. He's and back uh-huh. in 2011, 
I'm not talking about Phil Heath now, because Phil Heath now, Sean at his best, probably would beat him. I would agree with Sean. Uh-huh. But in 2011, Phil had a tiny waist. Uh-huh. He had serratus. He had good abs and everything. Yeah. And But he was 30 pounds heavier than Sean, bigger arms, bigger legs, way better back, uh-huh. better, probably better conditioning or equal at least. So, I mean, that, it's just ridiculous. He thinks... He really does uh, think so, he's uh, like so the greatest fucking bodybuilder uh, of all time. Uh, he does. You ask him. It's, it's like fucking. Like, I just saw a picture of Phil Heath in a red t shirt. I think it must be on Instagram. But it would be Instagram. We're not baseball, so. Yeah, it's on Instagram. But his arms look okay. It says, like, you know, it's filming his last thing before the Olympia. I think it was like on 9 11 or something. But to me, it's like, fuck me, dude. His face and everything is. It looks fucking like Morgan Freeman. God, he looks old. That's like a phenomenon oh, yeah. that's happening to bodybuilders these days. There's there are several bodybuilders who are like they just look so old. For well, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin's fifty two and he look Kevin looks younger than him. And Kevin's body 52. I like to see some of these guys when they're 52. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... I'm sure you'll find it if you look for it somewhere, but... I'm actually looking, that's why I'm uh, fucking up the radio show. I'm looking for this Phil Heath picture where he looks like Morgan Freeman. <clears throat> you can't, you can't, can't multitask? What was he, what was he doing? He was training arms or something? It was just a picture of him standing there in a shirt and it said, um, Phil just finished training for doing his last fucking video. Or... I was reading Money 11 someone posted it. I found the picture on his page of him and Harney Rambod. Harney's looking like the guy from My Ring, Precious. Where's Precious? Fucking hell. Gollum? <laughs> But I think I, I will say this about Phil. I think he's he's huge and he's hard. He's been all all off season he's been fucking very, very big, full and lean. So I mean I think he's gonna I think he's gonna come in and kinda pull a Ronnie O three and just be mutated, you know, two sixty and just smoke everybody. That's what I think's gonna happen. I think he's fed up with all the bullshit. But he'll have to because he can't, he can't, he can't keep, keep going, going the other way. Because the other way he was going, going he'll fucking lose it. He just keeps getting, getting that bigger, bigger and bigger because the bigger he's getting, his conditioning was starting to waver. So he just can't keep going, going that way. He's going to have to be like, okay, I've got the size. How about I just fucking go back the other way now and get fucking keep the size, but just get super shredded, which I've said Kai Green should have done, because Kai Green, Green had the fucking size, but he just never, never, never fucking pulled it together. What do you think about, I've heard so people say, goes. actually it was uh, Mark Lobliner, the Tiger Fitness guy, he said that um, he thought that Phil Heath had arguably the best genetics that we've ever seen in in all of bodybuilding, because of the way his muscles are shaped and shit, do you how um how gifted, no pun intended, do you think Phil is as far as like that sort of like roundness and fullness that is almost other like it doesn't look like anyone else. Do you think 
Have you ever seen anyone uh-huh. with that type of like round those insurance yeah, insertions? Really, really. Flex, 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 flex had flex had that roundness and stuff because everyone's body type's different, you know, different tines and shit. But you know, Paul Gillette, I think he was probably one of the gifted two for his height and shit because you know we're all gifted, we all have different body types and different tines and shit. So to say that he's the most gifted, you can't say that because, like I said, everyone. Yeah, you know, unless you're an exact copy of one, one another, another, you can't just say he's more gifted than him because, to me, Flex Wood could say he's one of the most gifted. Even you could say Dickhead Sean Ray for his body style and height and shit, he's one of the most gifted. So everyone has their things, but to me, to be on the Olympia stage and be a top pro bodybuilder, you've got to have some of the fucking best gifted genetics out there and stuff. So I wouldn't say he was more so than the others, like I said, compared to. Lee, Lee Haney, Haney or some, some of the other people would say he's, you know, because like I said, everyone's so different in the, the muscle, muscle tie-ins, because, yeah, yeah, yes, he's got, got fucking massive brown muscles and full muscles and shit, so did Flex, and Flex had better, better symmetry than what, what Phil Heath has, has so is Flex, Flex more genetically gifted because of the symmetry in there, so I'm sad that you all wouldn't put the label on one saying he's more gifted than the other. Did you ever see, speaking of gifted, back to Kevin Laverone making this comeback, did you ever bear witness to Kevin looking like me and then looking like threatening Ronnie Coleman 12 weeks later? Did you ever see that with your own eyes that people talk about? Nah. You know that people nah. say that shit all the time, you know? They say that he... Yeah. They, they, <laughs> I saw him 12 weeks out when he was 205 and then... Twelve weeks later, he was second at the Olympia. Like you, you never saw that happen with your own eyes. Nah, no, no, not, not that, that, not that, that extreme, extreme. But you know, you, you see, see some people look, look somewhat like yeah, he doesn't look that great. Blah blah blah. blah. Still, still looks good, but then come in the day to show you, like, oh, holy shit, shit type thing. thing. But I wouldn't be that drastic. You know, some people like to embellish the story a bit. So you think they're exaggerating about how poor Kevin looked in the off season? Yeah, well, Kevin, Kevin would have been, been pretty small because we've seen, seen him before, before like some, some of those pictures of Kevin where he was, he was like, like, you know, tiny. If you looked at him, you'd be like, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, he never even lifted, lifted weights when he was doing his band and singing and stuff like that. Well, even at the 2000 Champions in the post game, he was on stage, he was singing the post game song and as I'm posing and he's like, go, Lee, go, go, Lee, go, singing in the fucking watch. his face and neck and shit changed a lot from uh, yeah, 2013. Uh, and, then and then when he squints, squints fucking, fucking some Botox, Botox company, company should go and fucking sign him up. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but, but, but it's funny. funny. 
Uh, well, I, I see, see I'm, I'm into 212. The, the um, young or old, old. He's actually older than me. Couple years older than me. The Korean, Korean guy is doing the 212. That'd be interesting to see how he is. Yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like. Yeah. So. It's, it's it's kind of depressing to look back at photos of Phil from. Back in like. 2011 because of how good he looked and how how much promise he had just fucking destroy everybody forever but it happens to every single Mr. Olympia like I feel like every Mr. Olympia sort of does the same thing they all end up getting too big and and fucking Uh themselves over I've been been doing it yep it's a little bit too fast why didn't you just stop there well it's the same like I said you go back to Clay again Tyler's muscle mass is like very tight, and you don't need to add any more mass. If you just worked on the conditioning, like fucking Dexter or someone, and just get that fucking grainy look and bring your waist down, his lats fucking come down to his waist like Franco Colombo anyway, so if he just fucking got a tiny waist, it'd be like his back's like a fucking kite, you know, it's just massive. But yet, you get a thicker waist and everything else, and you're just not impressive anymore. So who would you say, um... Kind of moving into, like, the actual Olympia coming up. You there? Disappeared again. Oh, there you are. Hello? Hello? We're back. Oh, you're, you're back. back. <laughs> Perfect. So what I was saying is um, kind of parlaying our discussion into the Mr. Olympia. Who do you see as Phil's number one threat? If you had to put money on somebody to win that's not Phil, or maybe you think someone else is going to win. Uh, you'd have you'd to, to go with someone, someone maybe, like... like... Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to have to be Sean. Or Dexter. Dexter could come and... Like, like I, I said, I don't know. I don't think Dexter yeah. is that good yeah. anymore. I don't think Dexter's well, we conditioning is going to be good. It's just, it's just, his waist is like not right anymore, and his kind of his legs are down a little bit. I don't know. I don't. I can't imagine him beating Phil Heath. Phil Heath would have to be really off, in my opinion, for Dexter. Oh, okay, okay, Sean. Okay, Sean Ray. <laughs> don't you dare call me Sean Ray. I'll hang this fucking phone up. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Fucking negative you are, aren't you? I don't know. I'm, I don't. I'm not think. I don't think that uh, Dexter's that. I don't think he's the Dexter he was ten years ago. I thought back in the day, like '06 <laughs> and shit, he was crazy because he had such a small waist and everything. Uh, I think he's gotten a little too big for his own good, but not Sean Roden. Sean Roden and Cedric McMillan, I think, could both beat Phil Heath. Just because they're so, uh-huh. they're so, they're taller and they flow better. I mean, they're both, they're both taller. Yeah, they're, 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 the, they're both taller and heavier than Phil with a smaller waist. Yeah. Do, you Do you find, find that, that the only thing of those two is that sometimes hit and miss on the conditioning? They, they got the great, great shape, sure, but there's there's sometimes, sometimes they came in and they nailed it, and then another time. You're almost like that, that type of physique, physique. they're not on. They're not on, they just look that little bit off, and that little bit off to them is a lot, so they've got to really get that conditioning spot on that looked that super impressive every time. 
Yeah, they don't because they don't have like they both have that like thick skin look. They don't have if they're not super dialed in. Uh-huh. They look all sm- especially when they're not in a pose, like in the transitions. They look really smooth yeah. if they're not. Well, that's, that's, how, that's, that's, how, that's how that's how I used to describe it. How flexibly, like standing there, relaxed. You always thought like yeah, that film of water over, over the muscles, but once you hit a pose, yes, yes you got harder. But just standing there, it just didn't have that granite real slice of the bed. It was just like there was water under that layer of skin all the time. Yeah, um, Ruli's like that as well. Ruli has that same. He comes out, you're like, oh, he's not that hard. Then he. He hits a shot, and you're like, oh, never mind. He's fucking striations everywhere. You uh-huh. had, uh, you, you were, you look grainy hard as soon as you came out. You didn't have to be posing. Obviously, when you're posing, you, 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 uh, sliced up even more, but you had a, a look that was ripped automatically when you, when you came out. That's how Phil is, though. Like, when Phil comes in really good, you can just tell. Like, he walks, and the side of his leg and shit is all firing off, and you're like, yeah, it, it's, it's over. Well, I, I think that's how you've got to be, because you've got to walk out on stage, and as soon as you hit that stage, that's why I figured, with politics and the way I speak my mind, I'm always going to get judged, sometimes not super fair, but I've got to walk out on stage and be like, as soon as you stand there, in the relaxed pose, you've got to be like, fuck, look at him, and that way, if you have that look, the judges or even the crowd, the eyes are always just drawn back to you, because it's almost like, yeah, you can see everybody else, but because you're standing there looking so... Yep. That's that's how Branch Warren beat guys when he had a terrible shape and shit. Because he came out and they were like, Branch Warren, I remember seeing Branch Warren in person, like sitting pretty close. And it's like, he comes out and he literally makes the guy before him and after him look like they're legitimately fat. Like they're carrying body fat. Because he's so, he was uh-huh. so granite hard that as soon as he walked out, you're like, oh my God, how can you even, how can a person even look like that? Just no fatter water on him at all. He looked like a piece of cement. And that that and even though he had shitty shape and stuff and his back was kind of fucked up, it didn't really matter because you were so impressed and blown away with his like muscularity and conditioning. I think uh-huh. Dorian had that, plus he was like he wasn't squatty like Branch. I think you can see also condition wise and shape wise how Justin Compton looks up there. He, he could, could make, make top, top six, six conditioning zone. Yeah, I agree. I think he's um, – it's all going to come down to his midsection. If he can keep that lower – his lower abs dry and tight, he has like this weird – he like deposits water on his lower abs for some reason. If he can have that under control, he's got huge, uh, huge arms and legs and huge delts too. He just needs to bring up uh, bring up his uh-huh. back a little bit. You also have like we talked about Jocelyn Ardowitz off the air, Dallas McCarver, yeah. Nathan DeAsha coming in, Ruli Winkler. Once you get past those top like four or five guys, it's just like a whole shitload of guys who could place who could place high. Uh-huh. So, 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 so it's just gonna come down, down to any one of those guys, guys can beat each other on any given day. day. It's just gonna come down to who's fucking hit their conditioning right on the mark on that day. day. 
Yeah, well, we're, we're we're gonna, gonna, plus, plus a little bit of politics, we know that's going to play out for a few people. That's just a God-given, we know that's going to happen, so right. you've got to make sure your conditioning's on. So if someone has got the politics knowledge, you've got to come in with that great that they might be like, well, fuck, we want to put this guy over it, but we can't because this guy's in too great a shape. Well, but then again, they have done it, and you just go sit there thinking, and when the show's over, shaking your head, how the fuck did that happen? How did he see him? That's always happening, so... How many shows have we seen that happen? I thought that um, Dave, Dave Palumbo's top 10 here is Kevin Burst. Yeah, so does John Romano. I don't, I don't know, know if they really Dave's, like I see Dave. Dave. But Dave's is Kevin Burst, Sean second, Phil third, Big, Big Rami fourth, Dexter fifth, and Cedric sixth. Phil, Phil third? I... I uh... That's, yeah. that's that's a hard one to swallow. I think Phil I think Phil third <laughs> is more ridiculous than Kevin first. Like Phil's not gonna be third. Phil's coming in a little bit off, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. He's coming in with one fucking leg or something. What about the two and well, Sean well, Rogan and Kevin? I, I see, see probably, probably Flex Lewis winning again, just from the muscle shape and the density he has. There's a few that they can give him a run, but I don't think it's going to be a big run. You know what I mean? They might bring it down to something. Because really, there's no one on the stage that has his, the mass that he has on his height and shit. So maybe if someone comes in with better shape and super shredded, but still, like I said, once you've won it a few, you want to fight four times now or so. It's, it's going to be hard to take him out, so you've got to come in. You don't have to come in looking like fucking Lee Priest at his best to wipe him out. <laughs> and there ain't no one here looking like that. No way. No way. I think I love David Henry's physique, and I just think David Henry's like a badass. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I'd love to see I him. Think, I think Dave, Dave, has, great, Dave has, great has great shape, but I think for, think for him to. I could see it happening if his legs were probably up a bit more. That way it balance out his upper body a bit. Then I could see him pushing him because condition-wise, Dave Henry comes in great condition-wise. But I think it's just that size thing that see him pull it off. And David Henry has the smallest waist in the entire show, probably including the fucking women. He has a tight like uh-huh. his abs and thigh pose from the Arnold this year was fucking mind-boggling. I haven't seen an abs and thigh pose like that since. That was just insane. I could not believe how small his waist was. And the dude's like 44. It's just, he's really incredible. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't think it's enough credit. We also, we also, we also had, what's, what's his name? name? What's, what's his name is great, great shape. But I think he looked probably when the 202 at first started back in. Sammy? 10 or whatever it was. was um, he he looks okay, but um, Eduardo, the other oh, yes. like athlete. He looks good. He, he comes in great condition, but I think he's just slowly being left behind or whatever, so... Condition-wise, he's, he's one of those shapes where he's, he's on stage. The illusion of he looks so much bigger up on stage than what he is. And you see him like, oh, okay. But up there, he's, yeah. he's got a small waist and stuff. And conditioning, you can't afford him on condition. But I don't know, it's just something that's not there anymore. But when, when the vision first came out, I think, was it 10? I was sort of first 202 there. And I was at the expo. I was like, fuck, that guy could win it. Or he should have won it that year. But it never happened. Yeah, I stood right next to him at the Black Skull booth of the Olympia. And he's really not that big. Like, it is. You're right. He's like, I'm like, that's Eduardo's does not look that impressive at all. I mean, he's got these. <laughs> did, did you say, when you the Black Skull, did, did you say, where's the, the fucking Lee Priest pictures up here? Yeah, I know. That's what I said to you. Where, where the, the fuck? 
Did you, you say, say Wesley, Wesley Priest? Priest? <laughs> yeah, I actually, actually asked him, I said, like, like, so why, why don't you have my pictures up at the IFBB shows in America? And the answer was, because he had one of those computing where I could put his pictures up to help him out. <laughs> well, they had pictures of you on magazines and shit that are that were sitting there, on the counters. They had like the the black the black skull ads had you on it. Oh yeah, all, all over the place at the old. They didn't have the eye. They did. They didn't have the IFBB or the cleaning crew being told pick them up and throw them Lee Priest finds his way to the Olympia one way or another every year. And right now it's through black skull. I had, I had a friend of mine, Paul Cullen, who writes to me and sends in questions to Sam's video and that. He said, he said he's done up some, what was it, a Lee Priest shirt for, where did he write it to me? Okay, well, I can get it Let's see. He's got, um, he said he printed up a Lee Priest hardcore bodybuilding t-shirt for his mate. Who's going, going to be, be attending the 2016 Mr. Olympia, and he'll have it on there. I said, great, make sure he gets photos with everyone wearing it. Yeah, yeah. I should have. I wanted to wear a. Uh, go, 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 it was literally like the day after, um, the day after Lee Thompson announced this NPC Global shit. So John Ward was talking to JM about it real quick in the expo, and I was standing there talking to him about it. And um, I wonder if I had my Lee Priest athletic shirt on, if he would have took a photo with me. Uh, he probably wouldn't have even noticed, and then I would have got the picture, and it would have been fucking awesome. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people say good things about Jim and there's some bad and, and shit, but from what from what I see yeah, I feel like a lot people, of it is people people people, people. People, people say, say bad things about me, too. What the fuck no, is? no. I feel like... They just don't know me or understand me. <laughs> I feel like most of the bullshit and corruption goes on below Jim. I, I just feel like... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's like... You know, it's just below him. It's uh, people who have... It's almost, it's almost, like, like, it's almost like, like Jim's... That, that, okay, he runs, runs it, this and that. He can be the head judge and stuff, but... That's a 100% how I feel about it. It's a perfect way to describe it. Um, but what do you got? Let's do some predictions. Who do you have uh, at the Mr. Olympia? Open and 212. Top five or something. Uh, so top in, in the open, open in the open yeah it'll be like you know, you know, the, unless there's something drastic wrong with how Phil looks and because he's Mr. Olympia already you're pretty much going to have to have Phil winning and, and then this is where it becomes hard after Phil winning because with Sean Roden and Cedric McMillan they're similar shapes so to me so they're both on 
that, that could, could be a fucking coin flip for second or third. Yeah. And then maybe maybe Dexter and Kevin for fifth or sixth. And that's if Kevin looks somewhat close to what we've seen him look in the past. So, so that'd be about it. And pretty much after that, it could be fucking anyone. Rolly, Compton, bloody God knows whoever. So, but the top five or six there, I'd have, like I said, Phil. See, even, like I said, between Sean Road and Cedric and even... Dexter, like you could throw it in around anyway, it's going to come down to who's actually nailed along that day and who the judges prefer. So, but I, 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 I would be surprised if Kevin's top six, if Kevin made six, or something like that, but then it's just going to come down to what conditions he's in compared to if some of these other guys have slipped in their contest preparation. So, yep. I don't have those guys in the top six. Remy, Remy, I could see making top ten, no problem. Rolly. If he's on top 10, so... And, and, and the rest is just going to come down to who's, who's hit their peak on the day, because, yeah, we can all see and say this guy's going to be in it. We've seen photos going, fuck, yeah, he's going to be in it. He'll be top 10, top 6, and come the day. It's going to be like, what the fuck happened to him? And then somebody who fought looked shit a couple of weeks before comes in and blows your mind. You're like, holy shit, what did he do this last week or two? So, that's yeah, hard to tell with their others. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What about 212? Uh, well, like I said, Fletcher will be hard to beat there just because he's previously won it. Yeah, kind of the same and then, See, Dave Henry, I'll have Dave Henry in the top three, but for some reason, I don't know if it's the judging order, but I've seen Dave do a few shows lately. Some of the past ones he's done, he should have been a lot higher with his shape and condition. He didn't even make top three or top five, yeah. so... He could have won an arm this year. Nobody would have said anything. The only people who would have disagreed would have been Neil Hill and – or not Neil Hill. It would have, the only people who disagreed would be fucking Hide and uh, – Hide, Chris Aceto, and, and uh, Jose are the only people yeah, who would have disagreed. Hide is one of those people too where he can, can be hit or miss too with far as conditioning and how he looks. But some shows you see him do good and he looks good than other shows. You're like – he, he does, does well, but he looks shit, so... I don't know with him. He's always like that one you can't be too sure where they're going to put him. And if Jose's in it, well, he's always generally a top three, just due to his... He's almost like the 212 version of Branch. He hasn't got the prettiest shape, but comes in that grainy-looking and full, so... He's always generally in the top three, so... Yeah. Like I said, the 212, because everyone... Majority, like 95% of the time, the 212 guys... All come in, in that conditions, you know, it's hard to say who's going to do well. And then you have, um, shit, I looked at the list the other day. Who else was going to do it? Give me the, 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 did you mention Eduardo? Yeah, he, we have Eduardo, and I'm thinking, okay, even with him, his conditioning's on all the time. You can't fault him on conditions, so it's just going to be a matter of. Where, where they, they put, put him, him as far as condition goes. Uh, I think his shoulder... Yeah, Sammy. Well, Sammy's, Sammy's in it too. Now I'm looking at the list. Yeah, Sammy, like I said, when he's, he's on, he's on. He's almost like a 212 version of Dexter Jackson body. Yeah, but that Kim guy who I competed against at um, the universe, his conditioning's great. And then you have Ronnie Raquel. There's a guy, Ronnie, he's getting older. But like, like I said, I've seen shows where he, if he's, he's on, he's on, but yet, I don't know, whether he's not really a judge's favourite, sadly, so even if he's on, I think he could be 
you know, yeah, overlooked. And then there's names like Alex Cambarino, or I don't know who that is. I don't have any pictures. And Guy's sister, Eno. I've seen him look okay. okay. Short, Sean Calarida. Mark, no, Mark Dugdale. Yeah, Mark Charles Dixon. Now, Charles, mm-hmm. no, no, there's Charles Dixon. There's, there's a freaky guy. Now, if he can come in condition, he does. He, he reminds me of the 212 version of Nimrod King. So, if you don't know who Nimrod King is, look him up and he looks like Charles Dixon. So. Right. I've seen, I've seen Charles actually look good at a lot of shows and be overlooked, so there's a lot of guys there who come in great who get overlooked for some reason, and to me it's almost like it's a 212, okay, they've already slotted Flex Lewis in the win, and then the rest of me is pretty much like a crapshoot for him, it's like, ah, okay, who are we going to go for next, so we're going to put this guy and that guy, so, I don't know, it's going to be tough to call, because like I said, most of the 212 guys, as far as conditioning goes, a lot of them don't really... I haven't really, really seen a 212 guy look at and you go, oh, fuck, he really missed his peak and come in smooth. So some come in great condition, but some just come in a little bit better and hit that peak a little bit better. So just kind of said, out of all the Olympia things, the 212 is more interesting to watch because apart from Flex now and you put it again in it, the rest of it could be anyone's, you know? Like you could say, yeah. Jose's going to get second, but then again, and the same might happen then. Eduardo got second, or Sammy could come in looking that great, he got second, or Carrera could come in and he gets second, so that's just a bit better with the 212, just that excitement, yeah, like I said, okay, like Lewis, if he slips up, he could lose, but if he doesn't, okay, he's first, but then from second on down to six, whatever, it could be anyone, so I wouldn't really, it's hard to say who would slot in there, because nothing's really set in stone in that division. Yeah, I think I think Jose Raymond's gonna slip. I know he got surgery on his leg earlier this year. Mm-hmm. He he he's been through some shit. I think uh, he he kind of rushed his prep. I know that. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna fall to like fourth. Honestly, I think it's gonna be. I think Flex Lewis is gonna win. He's gonna bring his daughter on stage. Yada yada. And then I think David Henry is gonna be a controversial second. I think David's gonna be second, but there's gonna be people who like myself who thinks he, he could be first. Probably Samuel Haddad in third, just because he's talking a big game. He's really confident, and the yeah. guy has a great future. Have you seen any pictures? Because normally he comes in condition-wise. I've never really seen him out of shape. I haven't seen any good photos of him, but I just saw an interview with him with Dave Palumbo, and he he sounds pretty convincing. He sounds like uh, – and he's honest. He says – he goes – he goes, I'm not going to beat Flex Lewis. Flex Lewis is pretty much untouchable in this division. They give it to him every year. He beats everybody with straight ones. He's like, I'm not beating Flex Lewis. But he goes, all the other guys are going to I'm – be, I'm going to beat them all. He's like, I'm going to take them out. He's like, what do you say about uh... – <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 I want to say that. I'll be like, like okay, if you can't, can't beat, beat Flex Lewis, I'll be like, you know, me at my best and the other guys at their best. That's anyone's show because I'll be like, like you know, everyone's real. It's just going to come down to the day where I could get second or Jose could get second or whoever could get second. So really nothing, like I said, nothing's really set in stone. So I was always playing the humble side where Texas is going to win, but then, you know, I've got as good as chance than anybody else is getting second or whatever. So, you know, <laughs> man, the best man do the best on the day. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. Um... Who did he say? Sammy said something funny. He's like, one of the guys come in, he's like, yeah, so-and-so is hoping to do really good this year, but he's in my crosshairs too, and unfortunately he's going down. So 
You know, it was like he was very matter of fact about it, like very sure of himself. So usually that's a good <laughs> sign, but who knows? I think uh, I, I wish Lee Priest was yeah. in the lineup because then it'd be easy to predict. Yeah. Lee is best. Yeah, it's funny well, because Sean Ray, if Sean Ray, Ray, if Sean Ray was in his best, he would win. You know, how many times did Lee beat me? He'll tell you. Well, that's like I said. Well, how many times did I beat you? None. But how many times maybe should I beat you? Then that could be debatable, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Some of the shots, I mean, he might take you in the back double, like you said. But I think a lot of the shots, you would just completely wipe them up. Like the, I think the most muscular would not even be close. I think the, I don't think the side chest would even be close. To be honest with you, I don't think. Front double by, you'd smash him off this. this front double by, your front double by would have been first in the open last year. Maybe second to Sean Roden or something like. So there's certain shots like you would definitely destroy him on. But I think the other thing people don't factor in, they, they talk about Lee Priest versus Flex Lewis. Well, look at it this way. You placed eighth in the 98 Olympia. You could have been sixth or fifth even. Everyone always says the 98 Olympia was like the best Olympia ever and it's way better than the Olympia now. Where do you think Flex Lewis would have placed in the open? He's not going to place any higher than sixth in the open. No way. So like... If uh-huh. Lee and Flex placed in the same spot at the Olympia, but the Olympia Lee placed that spot in was way better and way more competitive, then who's better? You know, it's it's like I don't think that Flex Lewis could stand next to Chris Cormier and make him look small. It's just not. There's no fucking way. But but you were able to accomplish that. Not small, but like a little bit. Yeah, not small. That's not a good word, but like just not as. Like a little bit. Well, you, have to, you have to look back. Uh, well, I look back uh, from Dorian because he retired that year. There was Dorian, and then there was Jay Cutler. You know, Dexter, Ronnie Coleman, Kevin at another show. I've beat all those guys, so people seem to forget that, don't they? I used to beat Ronnie, Ronnie Coleman. I beat him all the time. I beat Dexter. All these guys, so yeah, they forget that Lee Bruce is fucking killing those giants. My, one of my favorite pictures is you, a call-out of you, Cormier, and um, – or no, it's you, Dennis James, and um, Dexter doing a front double bicep. And nobody in, nobody in bodybuilding would ever argue the fact that you that beat both of them in the front double like pretty handily. Both – this is Dennis James in his prime – Basically, and Dexter Jackson back then. You smoked them both in the front double by. There's no way that you could say that about Flex Lewis. No way. There was a feature too. I think it was me. Me, um, Jay Cutler. It could have been Marcus Rule or something like that. There's one of us on stage. It was pretty good. And then there was another one of, um, 
I've got a picture for you here. I'm going to send you. You can describe to the people. I just sent you two. I tell them how much you love shit. I found one of that's me doing a front lap spread with Sean Ray, Paul Dillette, and in the background, Doran's just walking up the stairs and Kevin Leverone's up top too. It must have been the 97 Olympia. I wish I had that one of me on stage. I was standing next to Jay Cutler and I think it was, could have been me. There's one of me and Dorian and somebody else also that keeps popping up every now and then. It's you, Dorian, and uh, Jean-Pierre Fuchs. Is that it? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, you're on the you're on the left. Well, technically on the right. Yeah, on the left. But then Dorian's mm-hmm. in the middle, and yeah. then Jean-Pierre Fuchs is on the right. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've got, got it here now. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Did you get those ones I sent you? The, I see the one of you and Sean Ray and Paul Dillette. Look at how bad Paul Dillette's sitting in that front lat spread. That's fucking terrible. Come on, Paul. <laughs> yeah, there's always a few to pop up from the night. Yeah, especially in the upper body, you make Sean Ray look small. Yeah, there's a few to pop up from the 98 of Sean and I side by side. Because when people start hating on Sean, they always post those pictures. <laughs> And there's the, what is this, this pose down, must be like 2000, 99 maybe? Uh, that would be around the two, is that one of Gunter in that? Yeah, Gunter, Ronnie, Kevin. You're doing a side chest, fucking hamstring, hanging to the floor. Uh, I've got one here I'll send, if the people want to look at it. It's me, Dennis James, and Dexter Jackson, and the Arnold Classic by the look of it. Just doing a quarter turn. That's the same show that you did the that I was talking about from the front double bicep I saw. Yeah, 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 yeah I said it when people sometimes they go on Google, Google my pictures, the ones from you know the '98 come up, and there's pictures of me and Sean and everyone. It's funny how much. Thicker and densely muscled you are than Dexter in these photos. Like obviously Dexter's bigger now, but even Dennis James is just doesn't have the same sort of muscle on their body. I don't know. I don't know if he really had as much muscle as people think. I don't know. Like well, it, it, it's it, an it, illusion, it, I guess. Remember the remember the pi- pi- with Dennis James, or remember the pictures of Dennis, like in the off season. They were the ones who were like, holy fuck, or even like a couple of weeks out. A couple of weeks out from the show, you were like, holy shit, this guy, you know, this guy is probably fucking Mr. Olympia here, you know. But then come the day of the show, you're like, holy shit, did he make top ten? You're like, what the fuck happened there? He's a, like a ruley type. Hmm. Does you me yourself. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of funny when some people say that you would not place or whatever in the 212. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, go back and look, you know, go back and look at the shit. It's pretty obvious how that, how that would go down. Like, I just, that side chest you just sent me next to Gunter. I mean, there's no way, there's no way that Flex, even, even the legs you'd, you'd beat him on. He might be like slightly more conditioned, 
but that's it. You'd have better everything, you know, better your legs, bigger, more drop to the hamstring and all that shit. So I think people will be surprised. I don't think Flex Lewis is that good. I think he's overrated. I think his upper body, like his, his abs and arms and shit look smooth to me. And his waist isn't that small. I don't know what the big uh, – he's just really, really polished and composed well. But I don't think he's like the greatest body. I just don't think he's that good. I don't think he's – I think, I think it's too – I think, think it's too who he's actually like, like up against standing here that sort of makes him look that much better. You know what I mean? Not, not saying the other right. guys are bad, but, you know, know just because he's looks that much better. They're two twelve guys. They're not, you know, they're not the main guys. If he was, if, if there was no 212 class, fucking Flex Lewis would pretty much be nothing. Like, he would have fans and shit, but he'd be struggling to make top 10. And, you know, he wouldn't be, no one would really care about Flex Lewis without the, without the 212. Whereas with you, they fuck, everyone cared about you with no 212. You didn't have well, to compete against those guys. I'd, I'd love, love to see, see um, Flex Lewis. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to do that. He talks about doing that. Maybe in like a weaker show overseas or something, but he's he's never going to do the Open Olympia. Sean Ray looks like shit in these, in these pictures. <laughs> that's from the 98. So that's what I mean. So when Sean says, Lee never beat me, this, that, blah, blah, blah. People, people are wondering what we're talking about. It's photos of Sean and I side by side doing comparisons of 98 Olympia. Well, I'm, I'm taking nothing away from Sean. Like I said, he's always been a great boy, but a great physique. But really, when he tries to put me down that bad, it's almost like he's saying, I'm totally shit. But really, it's like a captain's call. It could be, could have gone either way, really, on who the judges, but I guess it was. Sean's more well-known, ass kiss, blah, 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 blah. I did kiss ass. I wasn't from America, so, yeah, I went his way. Yeah, it's like uh, that front double bicep. He, look like, he looks like a little kid next to you. Maybe his waist is a little bit smaller, but you are just way, way. You look like you probably outweigh him here by a lot. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to weigh 218 at that show, so. The last picture I said, yeah, that's the fucking winning picture. <laughs> <laughs> eh, fuck Flex Lewis. Age 42. <laughs> You're grainy hard. Yeah, that was about two weeks before the universe, two and a half weeks before the show. Yeah, nasty looking. <clears throat> that's awesome. I hope Kevin... Kevin Hoping Kevin can come in. I know Kevin's really never, maybe not once, a couple of times he's missed conditioning-wise, but Kevin generally, condition-wise, is pretty much spot on and stuff, so when he's, when, when, when I would compose, that's for sure. If he's, Jesus Christ, I'll have to, let's time it when Kevin's on stage because he's been away for so long and he loves posing, let's time he's posing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> probably, you can probably go over fucking dinner and come back and still be posing. And he interviewed with Bob Chick, and Bob brought that up, and Bob's like, just pose as long as you want. We'll give you, you want five minutes, take it. We don't care. So he might be up there for a long uh-huh. time, but he'll probably have to I don't think he will. And plus, too, I don't, I don't think he'll be boring. The crowd loves him. He hasn't been around for a while. People appreciate the comeback and what he's doing. So I don't think anyone's going to be like, get the fuck off with seeing enough be pissed off. So I think, you know, Kevin will milk it for all it's worth, and good on him. He should. 
Yeah. Yeah. It might have could be his last show. We don't know if he's going to compete anymore. So fucking, he'll be up there going for it. Fucking milk it. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I would be. Yep. And speaking of Bob Chicker, and I, we've got a. Everybody's going to have to sit through the so-called press conference, which really isn't a press conference because the press doesn't really get to ask questions. It's Bob asking questions. So, Kevin, after all this fucking time, well, how do you think you're going to go against Bill? Kevin be like, "Well, Bob, it's war. I'm here to do my best. I think I can hang these guys." Phil, did you hear what Kevin just said about you? How do you think you're going to go against him? That's the same shit. Just. Bob, introduce the guys, ask them one question each, and then say, okay, let's open up to the people from the magazines and internet sites and the fans. Let the fucking fans who have travelled from all over the world ask them questions because they're going to be a lot better than your questions, Bob. Your questions are the same year after year after year after year. After year. So let the fans and the press actually ask the questions. Make it fun because you never know what the fans are going to ask. They ask some of the dumbest fucking questions ever. You'll probably hear some of the fans probably challenge them to pose down. So, you know, <laughs> let it be fun. Shit. That's true. Bob's questions put me to sleep. He just asked the same crap. I just hope that uh, Kevin gives us something at the press conference. You know, I hope he calls somebody out or just, I don't know, I hope he rustles feathers. I hope he doesn't just sit there and act boring. I think, I think, I think, because Kevin, I think Kevin will play it up a bit. He'll, he'll be happy if it's the day before the show, maybe he's had a couple of vodkas, he'll be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> no one Kevin, he'll, he'll be, be on his dry out, he'll, he'll be on his dry out phase where he has his vodkas and that the day and night before the dry out, so he'll be happy. He'll be the happiest guy in Vegas. Well, well, I, just, I just hope, hope that the people, because Kevin's been around so long, he competed in the era I competed, like the, I think still to say, not taking enough away from the guys today, but people have said the 90s, early 2000s was the golden era, like the, I think the Olympias and the pros were the best, and I'm just hoping that people like Phil and them, because we've heard what Phil has said about Arnold and stuff, and now, like I said, I want to see Phil when he's 52, at least making a comeback for the Olympia, so I just hope people fucking give Kevin the respect he deserves. Right. Me too, 100%. Well, Lee, that's all I got for tonight. Um, nice little Olympia preview. Kind of change of pace. Didn't, no questions, but uh, talking Olympia history and stuff. We um, Unfortunately, I, I said that we were going to have Greg Valentino on, but we weren't able to get our time. We'll get, we'll get, Greg, on, we'll get Greg on after so we can have our post-Olympia talks with Greg because that would be more fun so that we can talk about actually the placings and how people looked and what happened and what went down. So... That'd be good because if things haven't gone down good and Kevin gets shafted, Greg should be all riled up about it. <laughs> oh, definitely he will be. But yeah, that's exactly what we're going to plan on doing. Well, our our review show will be uh, hopefully with uh, Mr. Greg Valentino. That would be great because Greg really has a good eye. He's a he knows his shit when it comes to bodybuilding, uh-huh. despite what some people might think. That's how it should be, but yeah, so, like I said, if you listen to Greg talk, sometimes you think, oh, that's funny, what he, oh, that, you know, what he said, oh, that's harsh, but yet in your mind you think it's true, but the way he puts it across, it's funny, and that's how it should be, it should be light-hearted like that. Yeah. It should, and then he's not that's, fucking worried about that's 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 how, that's that's how, that's how life in general should fucking be, people just need to fucking lighten up when we go back to how we started off the show with the police and shit, people need to lighten up and just fucking sit back. And fucking breathe. Simple as that. Take a big breath and enjoy the life around you and fucking breathe for God's sakes. You know? Yeah, I couldn't have said any better. <laughs> if, someone does, 
It's, it's like if someone fucking cuts in front of you in traffic and you're fucking right up. Just don't beat your horn fucking and stick the finger up, abuse them, get your fucking temper up. Just fucking smile and think, mm, you're an idiot. And then just smile and fucking carry on with your day. There's more to life than getting fucking rolled up about shit. Just enjoy life. <laughs> Yeah, just, just calm the fuck going. down. Just relax. Exactly. People are upset about everything these days. It's like just someone in their fucking multimedia on their phone. Got to do this. Got to yeah. get here. Got to get there. It's like just fucking enjoy life. Because before you know it, it's over. Or it could be yeah. over before you fucking know it. Could be over. Yeah. Sadly, some, some, some cunts waking up today complaining, oh, i got to get to work. i got to do this. But it's like, you know what, mate? You're alive. Just breathe and enjoy your day because some poor guy is waking up or some woman's waking up and they're taking their last breath today. So you're still alive, so make the most of it and stop fucking complaining. Yeah, and like this could be, you know, today could be your last day. You don't know. So why the hell are you exactly. treating, like, being all fucking. This doesn't make sense to me to stress man, about shit. Imagine having a shit day today and just complaining about this, complaining about that. Getting mad, you could have been mad at your family, your loved ones, and shit, and go home and fucking pass away. And I don't know you're going to fucking die and you've got to fucking just what I said. I spent living like an asshole, being miserable and angry all day. Fuck exactly. Look at the good, look at the good in things. They're so easy to pick the bad in people. What someone did wrong, and this, and look at what someone now and say, he's that person. Look what he said, or she said. Why not look at the fucking good in people and things are in for change? Change your whole perspective on life and people, and the world will be a better place. Yep. Heed his his advice. It, it's definitely true, hundred percent. Fucking people being miserable all day. It's like I can't stand being around people like that too, who are just. Really even, negative. Even, even TV, even TV can do it too. But you watch the news, news. how many stories just negative, negative. I was actually, it's funny you say that, because I was in the waiting room today to get blood work done, to get blood drawn, and fucking this morning, and they had Dr. Phil on in the waiting room. And it was just, absolute, it was just absolute fucking torture to listen to that retard and that retarded show. Man, it's like, and it was like the epitome of negativity. It couldn't have been any more negative. It was just horrible. I, I like, I almost got up and turned the fucking TV off, but they probably would have yelled at me. <clears throat> that was bad. It was, I hate oh, that shit. It's amazing how people actually sit there and think that he's like fucking God, like the male version of Oprah, going to solve everyone's problems. And that's just fucking bullshit. And then, like I said, the people that watch that get so drawn into that drama. It's the same as when Jerry Springer used to be on. It's like people love. It's like people like, like you know, people like watching a fucking train wreck for some reason. It's like people love to see people in trouble. Having a fucking bad life, you know. It's like if someone wants to see the reality show, I never want to watch it because it's such a fucking train wreck. It's like Jesus Christ! It's like 
I agree 100%. 100%. fucked up. Yeah, it makes them feel good. Yeah. Yeah. There's the shit like the way society's become good, and then if someone does well, and someone's got a nice house, or they've got a fucking nice Lamborghini, oh, fuck him, he's an asshole, he's that fucking dude. You hate on people because they're actually being successful and succeeding in life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fucking world's all magic. <laughs> yeah, I no disagreement here. But, um,. Yeah, we're going to be back with Greg Valentino in a couple weeks. Go to um, ironmaglabs.com. Use coupon code JEFF15, G-E-O-F-F-1-5, for 15% off at checkout. ironmagresearch.com, same coupon code, G-E-O-F-F-1-5, 15% off at Iron Mag Research. And um, this will be at ironmagazine.com. It's available on iTunes. Share it so everyone can hear. Our fucking genius, delightful insight on everything, and um, <laughs> that's it. What do you? What's your uh, last word, Lee? Oh, all I can say is, I'm a ray of fucking sunshine, mate. You really are. You're the, you're the sunshine of my life. Dude. And actually, as I say, that's been raining here. The sun just came out. How's that for a long time? Exactly. Yeah, they call you priest for a reason. <laughs> That's not a good thing to be called lately over here. I'm not sure it's happening. <laughs> no. 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 Same thing here. It's fucked. The world's, like you said, spiraling out of control. So we'll be back at the next show to pull it back into the line. Exactly. So with that, I am Jeff Roberts from Central New York in the U.S. of A. For Lee Priest. And I'm Lee Priest from Down Under, somewhere on the east coast of Australia. Thank you. Direct coordinates. I don't want to be attacked by anyone. Down Under. <laughs> yeah. That with the kangaroos in the paddock. Yep. And fucking Crocodile Dundee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, everyone. Next, well, probably in two weeks, we'll be back with uh, Mr. Greg Valentino. Until then, stay out of the fuckery. We're out. <laughs>